or pharmacist. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after. Oh, it looks like I'm a liar. It's eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this 20th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2018. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up, uh, we have got a program for you today. Uh, my friend David Ray, your friend too. Why? Because he represents and works for an extraordinarily important. Um, organization called FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. He and his colleagues at FAIR are the ones who brought me and I don't know how many dozens of other talk show hosts from around the country to Washington, D.C. this past September, two months ago, to uh, broadcast live from Holding Their Feet to the Fire, which I believe was their 13th, I'll have to double check with David, 13th annual event. Uh, as we try to coordinate and pool our considerable conservative broadcast resources to support and defend um, American sovereignty, American security, and our borders. So it was a very important event, and David Ray is going to be live in studio with us today. He's a Northeast Ohio native, believe it or not, and he is home uh, for the holidays. He, he is uh, uh, he is uh, driving up from Akron, even I think as we speak. He may have been gotten here already, but David Ray will be joining me here in the studio at 9.35 to talk about all of the above and the breaking news this morning. A federal judge in San Francisco um, has barred the Trump administration from refusing asylum to immigrants who crossed the southern border illegally which, of course, will prompt a legal challenge from the White House. The president issued that proclamation on November 9th, you'll probably recall, we talked about it at length, that said anyone who crosses the southern border would be ineligible for asylum, meaning you have to go to a legal port of entry to request asylum. If you just swim the river or cross the river or you know hop over the border fence or whatever the case might be, and then you scream asylum, asylum, the Trump administration's order essentially said, too bad, you don't get it, you didn't follow the rules. Naturally, a far-left San Francisco uh, judge, John Tigar, Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, I don't Tiger, I don't know how to say his name, my apologies. Uh, what you do need to know is where he came from. And he was an Obama nominee in 2012, which means he's an activist, which means he is indeed denying the President of the United States his legal 
congressionally approved right to to decide who comes into the country and under what circumstances and who does not. We talk often, right, about 212F of the INA, the Immigration and Nationality Act, and we talk about how the president has plenary power to make decisions such as these. Well, here comes an Obama-appointed judge from 2012 in Northern California saying, no, the president can't do that, just ignoring the legislature. This is why we talk about unelected judges. This is why I have Daniel Horowitz on the program on the regular, because he wrote the book Stolen Sovereignty, how to stop these people from essentially saying, we are the kings. Our robes are royal robes. Our black robes that we wear on the bench are royal robes. They might as well be purple, and we wear crowns and scepters. We are the kings of all we survey. We will tell the executive branch what it can and cannot do, and we will tell the legislative branch what it can and cannot do, even if what they have already done has passed constitutional muster. And that's where we are. So the U.S. District Judge uh, in Northern California has issued a temporary restraining order, uh, which means that when this caravan arrives, if we don't have some sort of a really, really expedited um, uh, appeal of this, when the caravan arrives in full, and we know there are already hundreds of them uh, down at our southern border uh, in Tijuana, Mexico, just waiting to jump into San, uh, San Diego. But when, they, when it arrives in full, all they have to do is swarm the border. Swarm the border and say asylum, and they get to have their hearing. The request, of course, was made in the, um, uh, in the, um, Northern District of California, the U.S. District Court there, by the ACLU and the Center for Constitutional Rights. That's one you probably are not as familiar with. And they sued after the president issued the ban earlier this month, saying that you have to come to, the president said, you have to come to a port of entry and wait your turn to request asylum. You cannot just jump the border. Bahar Azmi, a lawyer for the Center for Constitutional Rights, said, quote, individuals are entitled to asylum if they cross between ports of entry. It couldn't be clearer. Completely, 100% disagree. It is absolutely not the right of anybody, any foreign national, to just cross our border at will wherever they wish and claim asylum, especially when we all have knowledge of the fact that this particular caravan knows they are not asylum seekers. They are being interviewed by media, which is traveling embedded with this caravan, who say we're coming for jobs. We want work. We want to come to the United States and make money. We want to come to the United States and take advantage of, uh, of the United States uh, economy. Essentially, that's it. They're not here for asylum. An estimated 70,000 people a year claim asylum between official ports of entry, including in the Arizona desert and on the north bank of the Rio Grande in Texas, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Migrants who cross illegally are generally, generally arrested and often seek asylum or some other form of protection. On Monday, the U.S. closed off northbound traffic for several hours at the busiest border crossing with Mexico to install new security cameras, or uh, barriers, rather, and also uh, closed one of two pedestrian crossings at the San Ysidro crossing in a move apparently aimed at preventing any mass rush of migrants across the border, which is what they absolutely should do. U.S. border inspectors are processing only about 100 asylum claims a day at Tijuana's main crossing. Asylum seekers register their names in a notebook managed by migrants themselves that had more than 3,000 names even before the caravan arrived. This is a mess. This is a mess, and it is, it is absolutely going to be devastating for this country, especially as this you know, message comes broadcast to the world, gets broadcast to the world from that Northern District of California court. 
that uh, the U.S. is going to be powerless to stop them from doing this. You think the border has been swarmed, swarmed now. You think it's been just been flooded. Wait until they get word of this, that a judge says that the president, who is trying to actually control his nation's border, does not have the right to do so. They, the next caravan is going to be double, triple that size, and on and on and on and on. And, of course, they're not all going to be from Central America. They're going to be from around the world. As uh, has been already reported, the current caravan that's on its way has representation of uh, over 100 countries, for goodness sakes. People are just flocking to uh, the, you know, because they know it's a, a lot shorter trip, even, if, even though it's a long trip. <coughs> Excuse me, even though it's a long trip. Um, to uh, make this journey up uh, through Mexico, through uh, you know Guatemala or El Salvador, wherever they originate, and up through Mexico to the United States. It's a lot shorter than waiting in line for a, an actual American green card to actually apply for uh, immigration to the United States. So uh, they're going to flock to, their, and, uh, to this, uh, these locations and just get in another caravan, and the United States is going to be powerless to stop it. So uh, one organization that is trying to stop it is, of course, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. And David Ray will talk about those efforts, what lawsuits are being filed, and obviously the United States Congress needs to do something here. And and I want to say this, because and this is just a little off the cuff, just going back to yesterday and the conversation that I had with uh, Jim Jordan, who was uh, our fourth congressional district representative. The, the congressman could not have been more clear, and we have not been more clear uh, in the two years that we have been shouting for the president to keep his promise, and I don't mean this is on the president, but that the president's promise be kept by those who are in charge of the purse strings, that the president get the border wall that he demanded and that he promised um, in his campaign. It was the centerpiece of the campaign. If you ask anybody what spurred Donald Trump to victory, what one issue more than all of the others, the answer isn't going to be the economy, even though it's now outstanding. The answer isn't going to be uh, uh, even the rebuilding of the military. The answer isn't going to be abortion. The answer isn't going to be taxes. The number one issue that the president made his focal point, his centerpiece of his campaign, was illegal immigration. And he said, I will build a big, beautiful wall on our southern border so nobody else can do this. And people said, yes. People were given the choice between that big, beautiful border wall and Hillary Clinton, who said, open borders, hemisphere. We we choose the border wall. No open borders. Well, now here comes the migrants. Here come the caravan. Here comes the invasion. And here's a federal judge saying they are allowed to invade. They can cross the border any doggone where they please. Crossing the Rio Grande, jumping border fences, doesn't matter. They can come in, and as soon as they do, if they say the magic words for asylum, we have to process them for asylum, which, of course, since there is a massive backlog of thousands at the border, we can't just house and detain them all there. So they have to be released into the U.S. and then ordered to come back for their asylum hearing in in six months, in two years, Lord knows how long, and, of course, they never, ever come back. They just disappear into the ether. So the, the President of the United States has never been more correct when he says we need a border security wall. How can we stop people from just swimming the river or traversing the terrain and coming into the United States? There needs to be a massive, impenetrable structure that cannot be scaled on the border wall so that it would funnel people 
to the ports of entry. And then at least we can have some sense or some control of the situation. And judges, activist judges like this one in Northern California, will not be able to do this and not be able to play these games. So it is an extraordinarily uh, important story. It's one we're going to talk about with David Ray, and it's one we're going to talk about in hour number two with Peter Kersenow as well. Peter Kersenow, in fact, is going to join us for the entire hour. Uh, I invited him to join us in studio as well. He must continue his job, slacker, uh, at his uh, law offices, so he will not be in studio. But Peter is going to be on with for the whole hour, and we're going to do something with Peter that we have not normally done. We're going to open up the phone lines for Pete. So not just our regular interview with Peter Kersenow, but when he comes on, we are going to open up the phone lines. And if you've got a question for Kersenow, uh this will be your opportunity to do that in the 10 o'clock hour. So for now, uh, we'll bring you in if you if you call now, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, or 888-281-1110. Don't forget, you can reach us on social media, Twitter and Facebook, our France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. We're talking about the caravan's arrival, we're talking about this judge's ruling, and we're going to talk about a lot more as we continue right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Your business. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is 924 now. We continue the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, next hour at 10.05, Peter Kersenow will join us for the full hour, and we will open the phone lines. It will not just be Peter and I uh, discussing the uh, issues of the day, but we will uh, actually open up the line so you can ask questions of the brilliant Mr. Kersenow, who, by the way, forwarded to me yesterday... The actual uh, statement, his statement and the statement of the commission, it is 230 pages long. Uh, the statement issued by the um, United States Commission on Civil Rights, on which Peter Kersenow sits, they have put out a statement on police use of force and examination of modern policing practices. In summary, it's 230 pages saying that the federal government which was restricted somewhat from enforcing its consent decrees and also trying uh, from uh, uh, from uh, disciplining and uh, uh, controlling how local policing is done in cities all across this country by former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, they are now saying that when the, with the new AG coming in, it is time to get back to those Obama-era consent decree police practices. They want community policing uh, uh, restored. They want all kinds of punitive actions taken they want statistics kept of every single interaction that a police officer has particularly with the minority all of these different things and the city of cleveland has been of course enduring one of these as well since the holder and lynch departments of justice started enforcing these things uh and forcing cities to sign agreements to get into these consent decrees 
Uh, but again, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, for all of his flaws, Attorney General Sessions, as we all know, um, you know, he was not able to do anything with the Mueller investigation, was not able to do anything with respect to Russia, but he was stalwart in uh, supporting police in the United States, returning the rule of law to our law enforcement agencies. And now that he has been replaced by President Trump, which may or may not be something the president regrets, uh, the Civil Rights Commission saw this as an opportunity. For those who do not know, the Civil Rights Commission is overwhelmingly left-leaning. It's seven members strong, and five of them are have been appointed by liberal, uh, either presidents or speakers. And uh, Peter Kersenow, who was appointed during the Bush administration, has been doing this for some 16 years, is one of two conservative voices, always outnumbered by the commission. So the commission put this thing out yesterday, uh, this 230-page manuscript on how police officers should do their jobs. Peter wrote the dissent. And it is fantastic. And it is, it, it completely exposes all of the nonsense from the left, uh, as it pertains to policing in America. And I'm going to let Pete summarize that when he comes on with this. And obviously much, uh, uh, you know, the thumbnail sketch version of it. But that is what I'm looking forward to at 10.05. And do not forget, coming up here in about, uh, eight minutes, we're going to talk to David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Before we do any of the above, though, let's talk to Mark in Fairview Park. You are on AM 1420, the answer. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for, uh, for taking my call. I was up in New York for a week and just got back, uh, filled the candy dish up with omniprazole for my stomach, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. So what's on your mind? Uh, uh, are you familiar with H.L. H. Mencken? Say that again with who? Are you familiar with H.L. Mencken, uh, the journalist in the early part of the 20th century? Does not ring a bell, no. Oh, big name. But uh, anyhow, he once uh, made a statement, nobody ever went broke underestimating the stupidity of the American people. <laughs> and I think he was referring to what Prager calls the herd. Well, with the President Trump's uh, election and all the other victories over the last two years, you know, I shelved that statement for the time being and seeing how the American people voted and everything. But after this last election, with uh, this, the election of this uh, woman, this bartender Cortez in New York, <laughs> I might have to dust it off, uh, at least for the people in her district. This is what we're reduced to now. Well, you know, you, you, you are 100% correct. And yesterday when I spoke about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, TJ, one of our regular callers, called yesterday and gave the line of the day. And, in fact, I used it on social media after uh, claiming it as my own. Uh, <laughs> and that is that the, the people in that district of New York, in the uh, Brooklyn district of New York, and however that uh, district is drawn, they just elected Kelly Bundy. That's what she reminds, reminded TJ of, and I thought it was perfectly apropos, uh, Mark, because um, that's how she sounds. She sounds like she's ignorant, completely ignorant of all uh, matters of United States civics, of the function of government, of the makeup of government, of the rules of law. I mean, and, and, and this most recent comment of hers was uh, obviously just that, just the most recent in a long, long string of embarrassingly ignorant statements that she has made. And, yeah, they elected her anyway. Well, thank you, Bob. Mark, thank you. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, we talked about her at length yesterday, and I'll probably find some more uh, time to talk about her uh, today. But, yeah, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, she essentially, first of all, she does not know what the three elements of government are. She called them chambers. She said the three chambers of government. And then she didn't know what those quote-unquote chambers were 
she, first of all, a chamber is not a chamber, it's a branch, the three branches of government. And in her explanation, and this wasn't even like a trap interview where somebody said, I'm going to quiz you on your civics. This was a personal video that she just recorded to make like a video statement on social media about what she is trying to do uh, going into Congress. So this was on her own time, and she literally tripped up herself by describing the three elements of government, if you will, the three, what we know as the three branches of government. And then when she corrected herself, she said, first she said the three chambers of Congress. And then she said, no, no, I mean chambers of government. The presidency, the Senate, and the House. How is it humanly possible for us to have lived through three, four months of the most divisive, most disgusting, most reprehensible 24-7 coverage of the Senate confirmation hearings of Judge Brett Kavanaugh for somebody to not recognize the judicial branch as one of the three branches of government, or in this weird little bartender's world, the three uh, chambers of government? How do you not know executive, legislative, and judicial, and now you are a member of Congress? And as I said before yesterday, The worst part about this isn't that she was elected by other people's votes. It's that she now has one of 435 extraordinarily important votes on matters of budget, matters of military, matters of security, matters of taxation, matters of sovereignty. She gets to vote on all of it in the United States House of Representatives. Um, thank you for the reminder, Mark. I appreciate it. You just gave me a, you gave me a stress headache. I've got to take a time out here. we got news coming up. Then we're going to talk more about the caravan and more about asylum in the United States and what the federal judge in Northern California just did to the Trump administration as we continue. David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform joins us next right here on AM 1420, the end. We, uh, Samuel, we don't have another pair of headphones in there someplace. So our... Oh. 9.35 now, the Bob France Authority does indeed continue on AM 14.20, The Answer. What are we talking about? Uh, as noted, uh, a federal judge in Northern California, an Obama-appointed liberal judge, has decided that the President of the United States doesn't have the power that the Congress says the President does have. A federal judge in San Francisco has ruled that they uh, cannot uh, apply these new rules that would have required that uh, immigrants only pass through designated border checkpoints in order to claim asylum. That's going to limit the U.S. response. Meantime, the Department of Homeland Security says that there is a criminal component to these caravans. This caravan has been has been different, not only just because of its size, but because of the violence, the criminal elements in the caravan, uh, the use of force. Now, Mexican outrage is growing meantime in Tijuana, which has effectively become a staging ground for the migrants who are hoping to cross into the United States. That's quite an amazing development, is it not? First of all, the ruling by the uh, judge in Northern California, it's going to be challenged in court almost immediately by the White House and the Trump administration. But the second part of the story as well, Mexican nationals are angry about all of those illegal immigrants coming into their nation and then, of course, being stuck on in their country before they cross the border into ours and they are now getting a small taste of what we have been complaining about for a very long time on our side of that border. Joining us now to discuss in our studio here in Independence is David Ray. Dave is, of course, uh, with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, it's good to have you here in person. How hey, are you, sir? How you doing, my friend? Good, hey. good to be with you again. Good to be with you as well. Glad to see you brought some company as well. And yes. uh, we welcome our guest to the studio, Carol, your mother, Carol Ray, and uh, and Ross Hunter. Guys, welcome very much, uh, or welcome, uh, and thank you very much for coming in to see us today. Dave, especially you, um, first of all, let's break down what this means. The president's order, I, 
I, I almost always default to the INA, the Immigration right. Nationality Act, 1952, in which uh, the president was given by Congress, which means this is a past law which has been uh, uh, approved as constitutional. Right. Uh, the plenary power to determine who comes into this country and under what circumstances, exactly. whether as immigrants or as asylum seekers or refugees. The right. president can stop any of it at any time as, well, as long as he feels it's in the nation's best interest. And that is plenary power. It's not, it's not subject to legislation or we have to have committee hearings. It's at his discretion. Right. And at his discretion, he said, well... With thousands and thousands of people coming in these caravans and planning to just hop across the border and yell right. asylum, uh, we can't allow that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna demand as, as my powers give me the opportunity to do that they must come to a port of entry. Right. If they do it any other way, they're gonna be turned away. Right. Here comes this, this liberal judge, act, you know, being an activist on the bench yet again saying that the president can't do that. Yeah, well, as, what do Go- you say? as Gomer Pyle used to say, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody was really thinking uh, this wasn't going to get challenged. We're hoping that the administration moves quickly on an emergency motion for stay. So, in other words, blocking this judge's block. But we have a very serious situation on the border. We have thousands of people amassing uh there's another there's thousands there now there's another 3 to 4000 that will be there at the end of the bo- at the end of the week we know that there are criminal elements here we know there are at least 500 criminal aliens we know there are people who've been deported from the United States once twice several times so these are folks we definitely don't want in the country we know there are MS13 gang members here there is clear evidence that these folks that some of these folks are going to uh, pose a serious public harm. We just want to know, just like the Mexicans are saying, we have a right as a nation, as a sovereign country, to know who's coming into our country. Well, and, the, what you just said, Dave, is important because you know the the, the mode of thinking that you're giving us here is racist, of course. Well, uh, as we sit as we sit here yeah. in the United States, and we're saying gang members, criminals, uh, dangerous uh, drug runners, and so on. And so on. that's all because these are brown people trying to right. come up into the United States. That's what we are told by the mainstream media. That's what we are told by the Democrats who support all of this, essentially, this erased southern border. Right. But as you just pointed out, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because there are brown people living in Mexico, Mexicans, who are outraged that all of these dangerous people that you just listed are coming into right. their country from not only from uh, Central America, but also from other, you know, I think over 100 countries have been represented in this caravan. Right. They're coming from around the world just to come through here, and there's some very dangerous right. people. The Democrats don't want to debate this policy on its issue, so they constantly racialize it. It's about race, it's about race, it's about race. Look what's happening in Mexico. They are throwing a royal fit. Why? Because their border gate was busted down when they tried to control this caravan. Why? Because people in the caravan were throwing Molotov cocktails at unarmed Mexican police officers. Mexican police officers ended up in jail. They busted into Mexico, and now there's an arrogance about this group. They've um, Some of these... Uh, Townspeople in Mexico, this comes from the from the U.S. Border Patrol, uh, have have offered these folks food. In some instances, it's been thrown on the ground. They say they want Salvadorian food or they want Honduran food. Uh, you know, what we have here, these are not a bunch of mothers pushing strollers. If they did, they were pushing them 100 miles an hour. These are mostly young men who are very clearly stating they're coming here for work which is fine. If you want to come here to work, that's fine. 
apply at your embassy, wait your turn in line, give us a chance to vet you, to do a criminal background check of you in your home country, and then come here through the legal immigration system. America will will welcome you with open arms. We welcome 1.1 million people a year. What we are talking about here is a group of people who have said to those who are coming here legally, you're the suckers because right. we're going to get in. We're going to get in ahead of you. We're going to do it by bending the asylum rules. And then once we are released from custody, we are going to disappear. And as it pertains, David Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, to the racial issue that I talked about, you're right. 100% right. It's not white Americans that are complaining about this massive flow of illegal immigrants into this country. The people who complain the loudest are other Immigrants to this country who oh, came exactly. here legally. We're talking about Mexican nationals who are here legally, right. either working as as legal visitors and residents of the United States or citizens who have become citizens. And they know what it took to get through the process. Right. And here we did it the right way. And here's all the, these border jumpers, line jumpers, if you will, to kind right. of you know make this uh, analogous to to an American theme park. You know what does what does the sign say at the theme park at Cedar Point? It says right. line jumping is caused for removal from the park. Uh, we need, you don't, you, we don't, need, you don't get to you don't get yeah. to come and jump in front of the line and then get to stay and get preferred treatment the rest of the time well, you're here. Maybe we should take the Democratic Congress and bring them to Cedar Point and they'll understand how lines work again. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting when I have uh, discussions with this with my liberal friends. They say, Dave, these are not illegal immigrants. These are people who want political asylum. They're fleeing for their lives. They're afraid. Let me assure you. They have been offered political asylum by Mexico. Mexico. If they are truly fleeing a situation in Honduras, that is a thousand miles behind them. Mexico has offered them political asylum, and they've said no thanks. That's another reason why Mexicans are so upset. They are coming to the United States because they are not interested in waiting their turn in line. They are going to use our asylum laws, and President Trump can't do anything about the loopholes in our asylum laws that allow these folks No, but to our enter. lame duck Congress can. While Absolutely. we still have the majority of the Republicans and the conservatives and the believers in national security and border security, they still have control for a couple of weeks. Right. And they need to take advantage of that time and, and change those asylum laws. And I was talking to Jim Jordan yesterday, and I don't even think it's on the table. I don't even think no. it's top... Almost, Honestly, it's not. Almost all of the members of Congress right now are thinking about what their next committee spot is going to be and so right. on and so forth, uh, you know, in the next Congress, rather than getting something effective done to change those asylum laws before they leave. Right. So the sad story is if we can't get it done in the lame duck Congress, which is from now until the end of the year, we're not going to get anything for the next two years. Exactly. The Democratic Congress. They're talking about demolishing ICE, about open borders. These folks don't care about loopholes in the asylum laws. And in fact, you know, if you look at uh, the Center for Immigration Studies did a a report on the voting patterns of people once they go from being immigrants to being U.S. citizens, 65 percent of them are going to become Democrats. This is a math. This is a math equation for the Democrats. Right. You know, they're losing American voters in hordes, and the only way to fill their voter ranks back up is by importing mass numbers of immigrants, because Americans are totally turned off by their message. Yeah, that is exactly right, Dave. And, and let me ask you this about the process, because uh, what you said about, you know, the, the, the illegals who are jumping across the border on a regular basis, right. and those who are jumping across claiming asylum now as part of this caravan, they're looking at those who are doing it the right way and the legal way and saying, suckers, look right. at us. Um 
how can we make it easier? And what is the position of fair for people to do it the legal way? Like you said, don't jump over across that border illegally and do this. Go, to, you know, if you really want to come here to work, like you said, go to your company, go to the American Embassy, apply for, right. uh, you know, a visa to come to the United States. And the problem is, they say, and they're right, it is a very lengthy, sometimes years-long process to get that approval. Meanwhile, their families are hungry, they can't get good work in Guatemala, they can't get good work maybe even in Mexico. Here in the United States, thanks to the Trump economy largely, right? we do have a lot more jobs and we even have people to fill them at this particular point in time. We could welcome some immigrants. Can we speed up the process, provided there is security vetting that you talked about? So right. that, it so has that, to so take place in less, the home country. Yeah, so that people are less inclined to say, you know what, I, I, I'm skipping that years-long process and I'm just going to join a caravan. Well, the United States should be able to import the people that it needs. And the only way to do that right now, most immigrants are selected based on having a family relationship in this country, which is really not a good way of selecting people. You know, you could be the smartest guy in the world and a master's degree, but your brother isn't necessarily, you know, the sharpest kid on the block. And therefore, so what we've, what fair has advocated, somebody who has nothing to offer, nothing this is why we're, offer, we're talking except about being your brother, merit based immigration. Right. And they're going to come here and actually be a sponge right. rather than a contributor to our right. society, but they're going to absorb uh, services that we offer. In yeah, this I mean, 25% of the legal immigrants who come into our country have less than a high school diploma. Now, can you imagine coming here? to Cleveland, Ohio, having less than a high school diploma, not speaking English. I mean, what are your chances of really being able to make it? You're going to end up on some welfare program, as do half of the immigrant households in this country. We are not getting this right. Well, and moreover, Dave, uh, and, and this is something that my, my next guest, Peter Kersenow, often talks about. When they come here in that state, Unable to, you know, uh, to get a good job and unable to, they, they, if they do go to work, they compete for the lowest skilled or unskilled labor positions that are most often filled in the United States by African Americans. Right. So when people talk about the racial component of this, all of these illegal immigrants who come here not able to speak the language without any skills to offer, without anything to do except for menial blue, blue, blue uh, collar jobs, they are displacing American, Afri- African American, and the emphasis on American workers here, right? And so, what about what are we doing to the black community by by allowing this unfettered illegal immigration? Well, I mean, there are tens of millions of Americans who feel locked out of the job market, and you know why? Because they have been. Their jobs have been sent overseas, and we've been importing millions and millions of immigrants every year. What Fair has advocated is is pivoting to a more merit based, skills based immigration system. So we select people based on who they are. So let's say, for example, Bob, we select you because you're you know you've got have this outstanding skill set and so on once you're selected your spouse and minor children immediately come to america with you that's the end of the of the chain though your brothers and sisters aunts and uncles distant cousins they're all competing with everyone else based on their own merit it takes any type of family favoritism out of it uh but the problem we have right now President Trump tried to rein in this problem by saying, if you are fleeing for your life, if you want to ask for political asylum, we're going to accept that. But you have to come through a legal port of entry. What was happening and what we saw over and over again is that political asylum was kind of becoming plan B. I'm going to illegally enter the United States and I'm going to sneak in and nobody's going to know anything about me and the fact that I have a criminal history or I have a gang history. But if I get caught, 
by the Border Patrol. Then I'm going to say, Magic I words. want political asylum. I'm fleeing persecution. I'm going to be in, uh, detained for 20 days, and then I'm released somewhere into the United States. Exactly. And and then, you know, when, when we find out that the person had a criminal record or is an MS-13 member is when they end up killing somebody here in Cleveland, and they then they report, well, yeah, the person was in the country illegally. They had a, a criminal background in Honduras a mile long. And why didn't we know that? Because they destroyed their documents before we got here. Uh, oftentimes, they're arriving with a kidnapped kid. Because if you arrive with a child, then you're guaranteed to be held no more than 20 days. So now we have a, a kidnapped child, and now they're running scot-free here in Northeast right. Ohio. And Dave, the, uh, the 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 most frustrating thing about all of that is it can be prevented with what the president promised in 2015 when he started running for president. Right. Build the doggone wall. Right. If we build that wall, all of those people that are doing exactly what you said, just sprinting across the border, trying to hide, nobody's trying to go undetected, and then if they get caught, they use the asylum plan B, as you're right. But plan A is to stop them from getting here in the first place. And once again, we sit here now in a lame-dunk Congress. They have not been able to do this, but they have an opportunity. The spending bill is due by December 8th. I talked to Jordan yesterday. He and a bunch of other stalwart conservatives are trying their best to put funding for that wall in this bill. But we know oh. the obstacles they're going to face. Right. It's not up, just not just uphill. with the Democrats, but of course with the uh, the uh, establishment Republicans who continue to be in charge. Right. Just to be clear, President Trump in two years, and I know in some ways a lot of people he's a controversial president, and you can love him sometimes and you can hate him sometimes. But the fact is, he has done more to secure our border in the last two years than any president in my lifetime. In the last 20 or 30 years. Agreed. The other thing... And yet the job still isn't close to being done until it, we get that border wall. It isn't done, but what he did by bringing the military to the border... Now, I've heard, you know, many, many Americans say, you know, we can secure Iraq's border, we can secure Kuwait's border, we can secure everybody's border except our own. We, our military has helped secure our border. And there are deterrent structures there, which is why people aren't right. hopping over right now from Tijuana. And they, what pre, the president has put in place, uh, unfortunately, it's on hold right now until they can get an emergency stay, thanks to this judge in California. But if you want to come for political asylum, you have to come through a legal port of entry. You make your case. What we need, though, is the ability to detain people indefinitely so that they can we can hold on to them until they have their asylum exactly. hearings. That's exactly right, indefinitely. And and but the question, what are we going to build? We're going to build more cages or or fenced in structures. The, the, the and that, army- of course, is politically dangerous because it looks like you're treating people like herding them into you know uh, concentration camps. They've been called what else? They've been called uh, the. Uh, uh, internment centers, like right? The, and that's the problem. But you're right. If we detain we them indefinitely, detain we have them. to hold them somewhere. Where we're going right. to build, we're going to build quick, easy to construct structures, and we're going to be accused of caging people. Got to take a time out here. We got a couple minutes left with David Ray on the other side. Federation for American Immigration Reform, right here on AM 1420. The answer. now as we continue, AM 1420, The Answer. We're live in studio with David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. David, of course, hosted me and dozens and dozens and dozens of other talk show hosts around the country back in September for holding their feet to the fire as we continue to try to use the power of the uh, microphone and... uh, uh, to try to reach more and more Americans about the importance of securing our borders and uh, limiting illegal immigration and the flow into this country. David, you and other members of FAIR 
uh, have some plans this week. You're headed down to, is, or is it this week or next week? We're, we're going to be here for Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay, so and, next week. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a, that's a yeah, bad, that's a rough time to go. Mom would never agree to that one. My, <laughs> Mom wouldn't like that. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have turkey that's going on eating over yeah. here. David's down in San Diego. You're going down to the San Diego-Tijuana border yeah, area? Yeah, to San Ysidro. Fair's dispatching our media response team to the border next week. We're okay. going to... Uh, have a, a tour with Border Patrol agents and see the, the problem firsthand. We'll probably be doing some Facebook Live. I'm going to be available to talk about this all day Wednesday, uh, give you some firsthand reports from Border Patrol agents as well as some Mex- Mexican nationals who we'll be speaking with. What have you heard from Border Patrol in advance of your trip? What are you, uh, what are you expecting to see down there based on their reports? Well, obviously they are very nervous because they know there are dangerous individuals, uh, in the caravan. They are expecting three to four thousand more people to arrive by the end of the week. Tijuana is is in an uproar. We've even managed to upset the drug cartels. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, because the U.S. military has fortified our border so much that now the drug cartels can't get their stuff into the United States. So when the Mexican drug cartels are upset, things start going awry in Mexico. But I thought the military being at the border was just a political stunt. That's what we've been told by the left and by the mainstream media, which are one and the same. Look at all the razor wire and everything on top of the walls. The U.S. military cannot arrest illegal aliens, but they can do things like fortifying border walls, uh, tra- doing some transportation duties and so on. You know, don't don't ask ABC News about the uh, uh, why the reason why the military is there. You know, look on on FoxNews.com. They've they've accomplished a lot of things right there on the border. Uh, they fortified the walls. I mean, you know, it's a win win situation. We're not having people flooding into the country, and we're not having drugs flooding flooding into the country. Are you uh, are you nervous at all about potential violence down there? Because there are things that are thrown sometimes from one side of the border to the other side. Uh, as they, you know, the angry uh, uh, right. would be invaders, uh, you know, throw things at the border patrol who aren't allowed to respond. By the way, right. Well, so that's another point by my liberal friends is like, oh, they're throwing rocks at us, and we're supposed, you know, where we have. Uh, uh, firearms and so on let's just clarify a brick to the head can do a lot of damage and that's what's being thrown at border patrol agents and the president basically said we should be able our 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 agents should be able to fire back with with firepower because what do they expect us to do get into a rock fight yeah they threw a brick at me i'm gonna throw it back at them this is not a peaceful invasion this is an armed invasion but it is very seriously an invasion if you don't believe me listen to the mexicans because they're seeing it firsthand and they're quite upset about they're it, and they have a reason to be. And they're they're on the other side of the border saying, "Why isn't our president more like Trump?" Right? They want, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're holding signs saying Trump was right. Remember this: when when the Democrats try to racialize this issue, President Trump had a significant portion of Hispanics voting for him, and is garnering larger and larger portions of the black population. The reason is is that he is securing the borders and he is landing American jobs into the hands of American workers. Hallelujah. It's about time that started happening. David Ray, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving this week. I wish you very safe travels down to the border next week, and I will look forward to talking to you on Wednesday and taking advantage of your uh, of your offer you uh, to report live from the scene. Thank you. And thank you, Carol Ray. David's mother is in the studio with us getting ready for Thanksgiving. Are you cooking, Mrs. Ray? Yeah. Uh, uh, wonderful. I bet it's going to be phenomenal. And Ross uh, Hunter, a friend of the Ray family, thank you all for coming in. It's a pleasure to have you guys in our studios. All right, it's 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. Peter Kersenow joins us next right here on AM 1420. The-